Happy Thanksgiving, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started up after yeah. a long hiatus. It's December 6th. Thursday. 2018, here with Party Mike. It's yeah. been a little bit. It has been. Missed the last two weeks of releasing episodes. I'm excited to talk to you. I don't think we've actually talked since Halloween, I want to say. It's been several weeks. When yeah. I was out partying. Yeah, I missed you, I, basic bitch. I lost the basic white chick competition to, to another basic to white another chick. basic bitch he he did work the crowd really well though he had his friends there my friends bailed out he actually uh he beat out i think he won for the hot body contest <laughs> are you serious i think he won the the hot yeah because that's yeah that's that's what the contest was so that's, it became a parody yeah that dude didn't even lift you were in the hot <laughs> <laughs> You were in the hot body contest with him, and he beat out um, this really smoking girl. She was uh, wearing all black skin suit. How was that for her? Uh, she Do you think that's the first time she's lost? You know, maybe. She was she was beautiful, and I'm like, oh, she's definitely got it locked down, but she didn't work the crowd. She just kind of stood there, and I'm like, well, that's not going to work. And he was out there all like, hyping the crowd and fist bumping people. He had so. bangs, too. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that that was like a specific costume. I'm like, oh, you guys happen to have the same thing on. That's weird. What's that about? But I didn't realize so after that that's the basic bitch costume. Mine was more put together. His was more like bro basic. Yeah. yeah. So I had a good time, dude. Yeah. yeah. Me and my lady friend, just a couple of ladies out on the town. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you outside and I was like, I talked to three different people to try to get you snuck in there, but apparently I don't give a fuck about it. Dude, me, so. I was channeling my inner basic i was like you don't understand i'm with the dj yeah, i tried that i talked to all the po- and i never try to get people like i appreciate that budged in the line and they just like oh i totally can get to do this nope did you drop like do you know that he does the greg hansen podcast <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have got you not letting that one at all like oh this guy like, listen i'm a co-host here. on the greg hansen podcast i brought your movie back Dude, it's been so long. I've been I have staring to see at this. What movie? This has been at like my to-go spot in my house the movie for like is a month. Virtuosity. Now. Yeah, it is a virtuosity, and so uh, <laughs> you know Denzel and Russell Crowe's nineties uh, VR movie five. Wow, movies. So let's talk about this real quick because I've literally been staring at this every time I leave the house. It's there. I'm like, oh, this fucking thing. Seriously, <laughs> I have a shelf of to-do stuff. Yeah, and it's been there. And everything else has been done, and that's the only thing on there I can't check off my list. So there, it's back. So, I watched this uh, with my friend the net, and uh, it, it's funny for those for those of you who haven't seen it. Basically, it's cheesy pre Matrix uh, stuff and set in 1995. Russell Crowe is an amalgam of like two or three dozen psych- psychopath people and turned into AI. Yep. And uh, Denzel Washington is a former police officer who's in jail because he killed the dude that killed his family. And the dude that killed his family's personality just happens to be mixed in, you know, with Russell Crowe stuff. And that personality comes to the front through movie shenanigans. Russell Crowe breaks out of the computer into the real world and proceeds to just kill everybody. Which is fun. You it's know. VR goodness. It it's is. over the top. It is over the top. And I'm like, it's 1990. I kept having to tell myself, it's 1995, mm-hmm. you know, 95, mm-hmm. 95, 95. And, uh, you know, we watched the movie and, and it gets over with. I think the ending is good. It's good. I'm like, okay, it's cool. Uh, and then I was talking to Ned about it a couple of days later. And I'm like, hey, you want to watch some scary movies? And she's like, no. I'm like, why not? She goes, I'm terrified of scary movies. She goes, we watched that movie the other day and I was totally freaking out. I'm like, wait, what, virtuosity? She goes, oh my God, yes, it was terrifying. Like, it actually did you watch her. the same movie that I was watching? She got into it and it scared she her. Was, I couldn't tell that she was scared at the time, but she was like, oh my God, that was terrifying. I'm like, what? Like, wow. 1995. Good for her for I, letting yeah. herself enjoy she, the experience. She did, but this scared the shit out of her. So I was like, well, we're not watching any actual scary mm-hmm. movies then, are we? She's like, no. Don't watch Annabelle with her. because Nothing with her. Crap. She watched Poltergeist when she was younger and so that basically broke her or something. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, well, okay, enough of that. But uh, as far now, when I rank these, it's it's not. I try to keep in mind that like the year they were released, if it involves a lot of technical stuff, because it's not fair to compare this to like movies now because it's just you know totally different as far as technology goes. But this movie came out when I graduated high school. Okay. So I try to put it in that perspective. So I'm trying to think of what 18 year old Mike would have thought of this, and he probably would have been pretty impressed with this. So okay. He probably would have given it a seven or eight. Now I feel like the DVD quality 
maybe showed you too much to to let you know that it feels fake. Maybe if you watched it on VHS, you could get more into it. I could see that. I could see that. I kept putting it up against the Matrix kind of deal, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the standard for me as far as all of it, all the you know the CGI plot characters all of it like yeah the matrix I, I guess if i was going to give a movie a 10 for sci-fi or whatever the matrix would be a 10 absolutely to, to give you an idea of like how i judge stuff that's one of my favorite movies of all time i think i think um the hd thing also is similar to like uh when you had sports or newscasters that were always in low standard definition yeah. right and then we finally got hd yeah and you're like whoa i didn't notice all these flaws yeah. now i just can't stop looking at their skin yeah, and the wrinkles and stuff i feel like that's the case with older movies when you watch them hd absolutely because like just just from you get you add on one point just for you know hd you know you got the 16 by 9 ratio you got mm-hmm. more just it's just crisper it's better it's obviously you know better than three by two whatever so I try to take that out of my judging because that's not fair when you're, you're not really comparing. I'm not comparing that when I'm watching these old movies. Yeah. I'm comparing the character development and okay. the plot and that kind of stuff. You're looking at the substance, not yeah. the actual picture I'm trying so to. much. So okay. kind of deal. So yeah, so that's Virtuosity. I returned it. It's off my to-do list. And how many Santas does it get rated? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many Santa scale. Ten. Sorry, ten, ten, I ten Santa. Scale. Okay, so to 2018, Mike, he will give it a a five or a six ish. Fair. Uh, just because I've seen a lot of movies like this, and that you know it, they're better. This was like one of its the first of its kind, kind of man versus enemy that's not human ish. Like, yeah. Like you know CGI. Yep. And I think of Lawnmower Man too. Back in the yeah, day, was kind of the same era genre as this, as this was. You know, with Job and all that. And yep. That was way more reliant on it's. It was more of a, a look at this CGI stuff. Yeah. It was way more, way more of that. Which, you know, if I was going to compare that today, I had to, you know, several marks against it. Cause so ninety five, Mike. What's he give it? He saw it in the Mike, theater. If you saw it in the theater, he'd probably give it a seven or, or maybe an eight. Yeah. I wish I saw The Matrix in the theater. I, I'm trying to think if I saw that in the theater. In, I saw it on VHS in my parents' house on a twenty. 7-inch CRT TV. When did that come out? Was that like late 90s? I think it was 2001 or 99. It's one of those two. It was, it was, I know I was in college. Alexa, what year did The Matrix come out? The film was released about 19 years ago on March 31st, 1999. Yeah, I said late 90s Thanks, to 2001. Alexa. That's fucking cool. Go, Alexa. Sorry, everyone who's listening who also has <laughs> one of those devices that woke up. So <laughs> I guess that's a great segue into... So our topic for today for our listeners is Greg wanted to know what my perceptions of what uh, humanity would be in 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 years mm-hmm. kind of deal is one of our main topics. And you know, he just shouted into the other room to... <laughs> computer yes and he got an instant answer i basically have a um enterprise computer in my house you do there's five of them holy shit and i have the the google listening to me also i got the amazon and the google google's and the siri there's three companies devices corporations that are listening Listening. to everything i say i joke around uh shout out to my lady friend (laughs) (laughs) i joke around with her because i talk about stuff and i was like we talk about stuff and then we open and we get ads yeah So I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to do this, but I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to brew my own beer. I want to make beer at home. I want to brew beer and drink it, make beer myself at home. I just keep saying the thing over and over again, and I'm waiting for it. Did it happen? Not yet. It will. It's going to. It will. I haven't Google searched it at all. Well, that's the end of it right there. If you look at it on Amazon. No, I'm not doing that specifically. I want to see if it picked up audio only. I'm not texting her about it, just audio. Yeah, I looked at snowblowers. On fucking Amazon, and guess what? Facebook's all oh, look at all these fucking snowboards. Like, yeah. Oh my god, seriously? Can they you know. That's obvious about it. They know. So that that brings me to us, me, to my first talking point that I took a note on about uh, AI, and mm-hmm. it's called machine learning. Yes. And so, okay, so you know when you're like logging into a site, and there's that click the thing that says I'm not a robot, and it says okay, identify all the pictures that have trees or have business fronts or have street signs, the captcha, yep, or the cars. I'm like, oh, okay, so I do that. And I got to thinking about that. I said, why is it not having me identify pictures of cats or pictures of pizza or pictures of you know stuff that's not related to driving mm-hmm. and i thought about that and like basically you and me and a billion other people daily are teaching ai that's a tree that's a car yep. that's a storefront that's a sign from all these millions of different angles to basically we're, we're, we're teaching the machines 
how to, to do the driving. That's basically what it is. I think that's what CAPTCHA is doing. And I don't know if that's a side benefit. And if this is not a for sure so this, thing. So you're referring to it as supervised machine learning. I, I'm basically saying. Because we are supervising the learning. It's but, not it learning on its yes, own. Yes, but it's not like for one, I'm not for sure yeah. that that's the deal. But think about it. I mean, why are we looking at those types of images with all of the machine driving going on now? We're basically free teachers for whomever is going to be using that data to, you know, drive cars. I think... At one point, that company who's doing the CAPTCHA had to do that machine learning by feeding in all the data yeah. and confirming it. Um, I'm sure they come up with support tickets and stuff where their CAPTCHA didn't work properly yeah. and they keep refining yeah. and they have that engine, just, right? So Just think, if you do one of the CAPTCHA, you're probably doing three sets of pictures, just you. Mm-hmm. And think of the hundreds of millions or billions of times a day yeah. That happens. I mean, it's just a matter of time before the percentages of being wrong is so small that it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Kind of deal. So that's with, I think, with the, with the cars driving and stuff like that. So I guess if you want to look at the 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 year scale, um, I think within the next five years that we're going to see some significant changes in a lot of industries. We're already seeing them now. Yeah. Uh, GM is laying off something like 14,000 Automotive industry people? doesn't feel very hot right now. No, and they've pared down. No, they're at down. their highest sales. They're up there. But it's the tariffs and all the, yeah, it's, it's, the it's global that, economy I, stuff. I don't know how the, the tariffs work in, into the things. I'm sure that has an effect on stuff. You know, it does. But um, w- even with that, the, you know, Ford and GM, they're, they're paring it down to they're focusing on their trucks, yep. like their light-duty trucks, and some of their top models, like the Impala and the Camaro, and just that. But, but even um, Chrysler, like a Fiat FCI, yeah. they're dropping all cars. They are. It's just SUVs and trucks. Get the fuck out. That's it. Because it that. used to be seventy percent on the road were cars back in the day. Now it's seventy percent are SUVs and trucks. So okay. why focus on making cars? when you can just only do SUVs and trucks. That's true. And with hybrid SUVs, and you're going to get similar gas mileage anyway if you um, they're refining those. I mean, you got SUVs that are getting 27 in the city. A lot of what drives what the auto manufacturers can and can't make is what the government regulates with the, you have this many cars, you have to have an average MPG of this by this amount of time, um, otherwise you get penalized kind of deal. And I bought gas for two dollars and five cents the other day in Schaumburg. I'm like two oh five. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, gas was four bucks a gallon. I don't know, like eight or nine, ten years ago. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's peak oil. It's only going to get worse from here. It's going to be twenty dollars a gallon in five years. It's mm-hmm. two bucks. It's back down to two dollars again. I got dollar seventy five. Oh my god, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is going to do two things. Unfortunately, one, I think it's setting us up to be. I don't know too optimistic on how much gas we have left which is not a good thing because again we're focusing on making trucks we really need to be shifting with with gas is cheap then there's no incentive for other manufacturers other than tesla to really start pushing for all around electric cars and the thing with electric cars not just hey here's an electric car anyone can do that that gm and all them they made electric cars back in the day but they don't have all of the infrastructure to support that industry all the fueling refueling stations yep you know service and stuff like that it takes time and money to do that and tesla is doing that um there's a there's a charging station out of cherryville for your tesla and he's really the only one that's pushing forward for this regardless of what gas is doing so you know, the, go ahead. Sorry. So, so where that's going, I guess, in the next five years is I think what you're going to see is you're already seeing it now. Um, there's going to be less and less and less choice as far as what kind of car you can buy from whom. It's going to be significantly reduced. You're going to see uh, lines closing, like GM shut down Pontiac and, and and Buick and Saturn and all that, and they're just going to come down to their core line of vehicles. There's only going to be a few to choose from within the next few years, and this is basically going to be it. And I think that older cars and stuff, like the other trucks I drive, are going to become collector's items even faster because they're just not going to find those anymore. No. Um, you know, my, I get eight miles to the gallon. It weighs yeah. 6,000 pounds. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's fun. I can fix it. And the support industry for it is everywhere. I can go to O'Reilly's and they have parts off the shelf I can buy for my truck. There's a yeah. 30-year run for it. So that's yeah. you know, cool. But most cars 
aren't like that. And most people don't have a full-on garage mechanic shop in their garage and, and or the willingness and or time to fuck with their own car stuff. Yep. I do. So I'm the exception to the rule. So most people, um, you know, bless their hearts, they have to go to the dealership or the, the, the mechanic to fix pretty much anything on their cars anywhere other than maybe, you know, slapping some brakes on there kind of deal. Yep. They're so technical. Like they are just, they're, they're, they're computers on wheels. Yeah. Basically. And my, my buddy called me the other day, one of my lifetime friends, Brett, his dad uh, went to the dealership the other day and pointed at the 2018 Camaro SS and says, I want that. And he bought it. And mind you, he had a 2016 Camaro currently. So it's not like he needed a oh, yeah. muscle car. Oh, yeah, two-year upgrade. So Brett calls me up last night and goes, you're a car guy. Because my dad is driving around with a boom box in the passenger seat so he can listen to his CDs. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And Brett's like, how do we get a CD player in there? I was like, for one, you don't. Because that's mm-hmm. all navigation. It's all tight end. Get him the portable CD player with the aux. Well, here's the thing I said. He's probably got an input, probably got Bluetooth. I said, look, bro, that's the SS model. It has a CD player in it somewhere. It's probably got a six or ten disc changer in the dash. You just got to find it kind of deal because it's the SS. If it has a CD player option, it's going to be in that car. So Brett's like, yeah, okay, that, that makes perfect sense. And I'm just like, like what? You have this badass Camaro and you're driving around with a boombox in the passenger seat. So I'm like, okay, that's funny. Um, because his dad's old school. He just he's he's back in the day kind of stuff, and it yep. just kind of clicked for me. I'm like, oh my god. And I thought about our conversation and the discrepancy between like him and his car versus like the discrepancy of, like between you and me in the next five, 10, 20 years of all the crazy shit that's happening. So. Um, automobile industry, I think, is going to be put on its head in the next five years. Mm-hmm. I, I think the amount of layoffs is going to just continue to drastically increase. Machines can do all layoffs the things. and more automation. Automation, completely automated. They, Amazon has a, a, a machine. It looks like a human, and it's got a position. It just sits in one spot and has multiple arms. And it can do the job of three people. And it works 24 hours a day, seven hours, you know, seven days yeah. a week kind of deal. Three, three people. It costs about thirty to $40,000 for one machine. But that's the salary for one person per year. So they buy this machine. They yeah. put 30000 bucks into it. It doesn't get late for work. It's not sick. It doesn't complain. It doesn't get hurt. It doesn't really have errors without letting you know. It doesn't make any mistakes that you don't know about. And it does the work of three people mm-hmm. all day. Yeah. And you can't, you can't have human labor you can't compete against that in any scale no matter how little money you pay somebody you still can't compete against that so you think in the near future we're going to have a lot of automation Uh, jobs disappearing i I, we've talked about this before about uh post-scarcity meaning when you have a society that doesn't have to work because all of the things are provided for what do people do with their time and that's i think that's 20 to 50 years out but i think in the next five years the number of people that are in general are displaced by computers or AI is is going to skyrocket. And the we have record low unemployment right now, which is great, but I think that's going to shift. I hope not because we're in time for a market shift to a, to... a correction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's What's not going to be good. Like twenty five thousand or it's, something. Well, I can. I haven't been following stocks because seen for all years. you need to do is follow crypto. Crypto. Yeah. And damn, son. I I've still been mining. I got my computer upstairs. It's been running faithfully. Dude. Okay. So, mining. Let me talk to you, you know, about let's, that. Let's talk about mining. Then. You remember? I was just saying at one at one point with my mining, I was getting over a hundred dollars a day damn. of Bitcoin. That was at the peak. Damn. But it, it's all in perspective of the ratio i have like 300 dollars right now and i've been mining for like almost uh, but what's really cool so i'm still mining with a significant amount of 1080 ti's okay not stopping i don't care can't stop won't stop the thing is maybe i'm earning five dollars a day in bitcoin right now i'm I'm convert that five dollars a day and what i'm trying to get in ethereum that is 20 percent of an ethereum Per day. And I strongly believe that it's going to correct. Now, yes, I could do better off taking $5 a day and just buying Ethereum outright. But it's completely passive, right? I just, yeah. I don't want to think about that. it. And I'm making it. Time so whatever. So the fact that I'm getting a 20th of an Ethereum a day mining. Then I think about peak. At peak, it was mm, every 12 days I could get one. But that, that was only for a short amount of time. Normally, it was... 20 to 50 days per so it's actually better right now okay for gearing up for the future because it took four months five months to go up a crazy amount 
the fact that we're down that much right now, I think our peak was thirteen hundred bucks per Ethereum. See, I don't even, I don't even follow. Peak it. was thirteen hundred. Right now, we're at ninety five bucks. Yes. Well, so if you got extra money, I do not offer investing advice, but you should <laughs> research Ethereum and Bitcoin. As and long make as you're covering your electricity educated. costs, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Yeah, I mean that's like with anything. Electricity in Rockford, if you're part of the group sharing, is is seven cents a kilowatt or something right now um so it's, it's actually pretty cheap here in illinois which is rare but um so mining yeah there, i got this thing the other day um it was called q the q initiative and i don't know if you've seen this but i got invited by a friend and it's another type of you know currency kind of deal mm-hmm. and it's and i think it's a cryptocurrency there's there's this elaborate web page that says here's how this works and we're gonna give this some money away and invite five of your friends and it's gonna be the new thing and I'm like, okay, I'll bite. So I got signed up and I got a freebie amount of this Q currency, whatever the fuck that is. I have no idea. But they're trying to start their own their own currency mm-hmm. as well. So you got you got Bitcoin, which is like the number one thing. And you got all the other ones that people don't know about, Ethereum, and that, that's the really, really only one I know Everyone of. talks about Ripple. I, that's, I never even heard, ever heard of that. Yeah. Like, I, I do the nice hash. It, it picks the thing to do, and that's it. I mean, I don't have time to fuck with it. So, Good. But so, it'd be passive, and I believe if you're... You're keeping it into Bitcoin right I now, think though, so, yeah. you're not exchanging no, into I'm not, Ethereum. I have no idea how to do any of that. I think you're doing great. It's just sitting there running, you know. And you talk about crashes. I mean, you know, Bitcoin's wildly speculative. I mean, it can go up and down. I believe what you have right now in the next two years or less, or less, could be six months, is going to be worth two to $6,000. That'd be great. You know, this is all hypothetical digital money that, honestly, there's not a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say usage optimization. Uh, I can't think of the word utility. Yeah, because you can't. You don't use it. Who takes Bitcoin? Like, how do I get it? I don't well, even know actually, how to get more in the, the world, they have um, Bitcoin ATM machines in Europe and across the world. Well, United States is a little bit behind on adoption on purpose. I'm sure. Yeah, but um, Ethereum itself is more meant for DApps, like applications that run on the Ethereum blockchain. The thing is, it's kind of there's development every day and it's kind of behind because it's waiting for the scaling solution so it can handle whatever visa or mastercard that's 27,000 transactions that's where a I was second going with that. because applications will run on that there's yeah. tons of startup companies that'll run their applications on ethereum but they can't fully release because ethereum can't match the speed of transactions See, that's yet. the thing so it has to be convenient for the end user cart before the horse thing but the i think it's the next two months that the um the Ethereum Casper network or whatever the the increase in actual transactions is going to well, happen. Well, it's it's going to be through your phone. You know what it is. It could be some some or the app on your phone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Boom, I just paid for a thing, kind of. Oh okay, cool. So I think that's great. Anything that gives the big banks a run for their money, uh, that's more anonymous in this current age of we know all about you, which is honestly terrifying. Um, I'm 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 all for that. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm a big fan of my privacy, but really honestly. You know, if the powers that be want to figure out all the things about me, it's not that hard for them to do. I mean, all they got to do is check on, you know, what you Google, what you Twitter, what you Instagram, what you Facebook, what you Amazon. And they, if, if you don't think that whatever service you can think of, pick an acronym, uh, doesn't have basically ready access to generally anybody, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. It's, that's just the way it is. So... The point is, is if you're a shitty human being and you're doing shitty things like human trafficking or super drug dealer or just all around dirt bag, you know, they're yeah. going to they're gonna figure that out yep. kind of deal. And, you know, that's cool, I guess. Um, but I'm still a big fan of privacy and, you know, rule of law and procedure and my rights and all of that stuff, too. Sure. So moving on, as far as the next 5, 10, 20 years, what, what do I see happening with, I don't know, that we can talk about medical, Let, we can talk about government. Let's focus on a few things. Let's just kind of no. rapid fire round table it. Okay, so. I want to start first. Go for it. With global warming, uh, cool. environmental, with five, five years. So I was doing some reading about it, and they do all the doomsday scenario yeah. and the full simulations, and it's basically like every simulation, yeah. obviously fuck, we're fuck, screwed because- fuck nobody's focusing on it. There's no world leaders or anything. Yeah. You can argue some people in Europe are actually <clears throat> going towards yeah. being green countries. Yeah. That's great. But globally, we've already gone too far. We have. Way too and far. You said the thing, government isn't going to fix it. It never will. 
Government only exists to future to keep more government. Government's not going to fix any of these problems. Yeah. It's going to take the really smart, rich individuals like Elon Musk and other rich people around the world, the Bill Gates Foundation, to f- address these issues. And that's the only way that we're going to actually fix this stuff. You know, climate change is happening. It's real. And just, the global sea, the levels are rising. Too, the firestorms out in California. It's too easy to be pessimistic about it when you start doing research. It to is. To be like, oh, no. But it did, and humanity has shown that we're, as as a group of people, as yeah. far as a population, we're really good at, pardon my French, fucking things up. But yeah. also, when you have someone we that comes along also. that is, has the resources and the willingness and the intelligence to say, hey, I'm going to unfuck this current situation, they do. Yep. And it just takes one person to really change a thing. Like back in the day, a guy invented the printing press. Oh, okay, well now we have bookmarkable knowledge and just that you know brought us out of the darkness. I'm going to invent the printing press. Oh, okay, that's cool. And that changed the world. Yeah. You know, it's simple, small stuff that one person could do either on accident or on purpose that really gives us the ability to unfuck ourselves. My prediction is, 25 years, and I hope I'm wrong, that uh, we start running into major issues, right? And then we have loss of crops and fame, and yeah. And then we adapt when we start losing millions, yeah. hundreds of millions, maybe billions of people. Yeah. And then we adapt and we fully change. We're like, this is really messed up. We now we're going to do something. We're responding yep. 100%. We're committed towards this. Yep. We're going to change. It this is what needed to happen. We for have us to, to be at the last five seconds of the doomsday clock or literally teetering on the edge. For and humanity. I believe we will adapt and be okay. I, I think we will too. Um, but how th- okay are you after losing a billion people? Well, you know, there's a, <laughs> you're talking about, you know, market corrections, the same thing with, you know, you know, global population uh, corrections. It's terrible. True. Um, you know, I've read some numbers on how many people can the earth actually support. And I've heard 40 billion as an upper limit. And that's, really? that's assuming a lot of really positive Cricket things. Cricket protein. It's <laughs> obviously not cow protein. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I think, okay, so there you go. Um, the eating consumption of meat, uh, I think in the next five to 10 years is going to rapidly decline as far as being feasible from an economic standpoint slash sustainability standpoint, because it just costs so much time and land and resources to feed a cow to eat the cow yeah and pick, pick some pick a meat you know it's the same thing so i think that meat in the future 10 years plus is going to be a serious like commodity like seriously rare and but it's if, super expensive if everyone in a room at dinner is a vegan or vegetarian who are they going to tell <laughs> that's what i want to know <laughs> Doesn't count. That's going to be the future problem. It doesn't count if you can't break about it. Same as if you go to the gym, we don't post it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think the consumption of, of living things is going to just decrease rapidly because it's not sustainable. So a lot of these things aren't going to change until they have to change. And what I think will happen is we're going to have change in a massive amount of di- different dissimilar areas all at once because it's all going to happen at once. Do you believe that it's going to be very abrasive, abrupt, and just hard for people to deal with whether I, it's death I, I or honestly extreme think despair the only thing that i think is going to make a significant change in the way we do things number one i think a couple things have to happen for us to really as a species get our shit together one we need to have an in your face this is for sure uh, an apocalypse situation that is going to happen such as yes. this volcano super volcano is we going to explode five to years. yes as a species there yep. is an asteroid for sure going to wipe out our planet yeah this is going to happen and yep. we see that so what i think will happen once we realize that we're we're literally fucked is a couple things will happen. Money will go away. Money won't be anything. It won't be a scorecard anymore. Ethereum, It'll be <laughs> Money in any form will be done. Oh, okay. Um, but with that comes a, a one species, one government for the entire world. There's no yeah. nations. There's no states. And by them, we'll trace back to the original Adam, Eve, small group of humans, and we're all related. And just because you lived in a certain area, yeah. you look alike. Man, we're all the same people anyway. I, yes, I think. Bye bye, races. We have to be really, as a species, be okay. There's no, there's, there's no Asian race. You know, there's no black race, white race. Suspended. I don't look at that. That's no, not. It's human it's history, human, not race the history. Human race people. Yeah. We just look different because we're in different areas. It's simple. So I think once we get past several barriers, one, the, the race barrier, number two, the religion barrier, number three, the language barrier, yeah. and we can kind of all agree, hey, we have one government, it's there to actually look out for the earth, 
Yep. And not the people that run the government or a certain group of people or money. It's here to look out for the sustainability of our and we have planet. This golden age of prosperity yeah. finally. Finally happens. And then we're living Star Trek style because that's Star Trek, basically. Yeah. And I think that once we have several leaps in technology moving forward, again, we've talked about this, that will really help us make that transition. Cold fusion. So on that note, some Chinese uh, scientists, one of the biggest over, one of the biggest obstacles, kind of a segue here to fusion, yep. is being able to harness these stupid hot temperatures for that reaction to happen. So mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. The sun is at its hottest parts is about twenty five million degrees. It's stupid hot. C- Celsius or Celsius or Fahrenheit. One of the two. I'm, don't get me started Sorry, on that. Way it's, up there. It's way hot. So how do they? How do you can? How do you make a star uh, on the on the Earth? So basically, they use really really powerful magnets to mm-hmm. f- keep all the stuff that's called plasma. It's a fourth state of matter confined to bunch it down to create fusion. So twenty five million. Chinese scientists were able to sustain a, t- a temperature of 100 million degrees, four times the temperature it needs to be within what? last month. When did they do last, last month? month? Last month, and it's been verified. And they use their magnets? They use their <laughs> magnets. It's a whole thing. The Chinese did that. So they are Aww. able to support an environment that is friendly to fusion, which is a super big deal. So that's how did I not hear about this? It's not. It's from China. You got to kind of. It's. Uh, I found it on YouTube and I did some research and there it was. So like, in China shit. they got it. They China's going to get fusion and then what happens? Well, that's a good question because we are significantly behind the game. If, if any other countries get developed cold fusion and don't want to share it, you know, it'd be good. We should give China money for electricity. <laughs> Because we don't give them enough. Well, I tell you what, any country other than any any country that has enough money to figure out cold fusion is obviously guarding that secret. But once that's done and there's a plant going, you can't not let that out. Either either on your own, let it out is the right thing to do for humanity, or someone's going to figure it out somehow. What level does that give us for our uh, civilization power level with fusion? If we, that would get us to uh, a type 1 Cardiff situation okay. where we can harness all of the energy on our planet. So we're at about a point eight right now. Mm-hmm. So if we can create cold fusion and do that, we basically have mastered our own planet, which is insane. So... That really, that would be the precursor to really all of the other changes we need. Because if we have that, that's free energy to charge our electric yeah. cars. To do anything, you can desalinize water uh, like nobody's business. We and can figure out wireless power, and you don't yep. need batteries anymore. You don't anymore. need batteries, you don't need to strip mine stuff for the batteries. And so shit gets crazy. We were talking about climate change, right? So yes. some really smart people said, hey, if we have a basically unlimited supply of power, here's mm-hmm. what we could do do we could sequester the carbon into trees how do you do that well you take the sahara desert which is really big and you take the australian outback which is actually bigger which are two of the massive the two largest deserts in the world and you plant trees Mm -hmm. and you cover those large deserts with trees and that would suck out so much carbon from the actual uh atmosphere that we basically unfuck ourselves we would literally. And we can soak do it up. so much stuff without worrying about we energy, electricity. Things. Think of all the problems we face as a species. All it comes down to lack of power. Yeah. I need more food. Why? Because we can't plant more stuff because we don't have the power, the water. Can we? So right now, I mean, harvesting of resources. I think that would be our next problem, right? Also, but think of all the but resources we have unlimited you energy. Don't we need. can get off the planet to get we more resources. We don't grab need the asteroids. All the stuff we don't think of all the energy and the money we spend to get oil or to yeah. get coal or natural gas. Those are huge yeah. industries, and those are basically go away so again you're going to have a period of turmoil where massive industries just overnight literally literally if cold fusion becomes feasible within the next week two weeks three weeks you're going to have a massive revolt of all the things you're going to, i honestly think it's going to cause global catastrophe as far as economic crisis yes it's going to crash world markets because all the hey here's how we do business stops mm-hmm because you don't have an oil industry anymore. You don't have energy production like it used to be. The distribution will be the same. You don't have coal. You don't have oil. You don't have all the sub-industries that work on that. Those all go away. They are all, at that point, they're, they're, 
they're dated. Now they're not instantly going to go out of business. Everyone's not instantly going to have a you know electric no. car. It's but that's the last thing on the coffin. And those those industries become dead. You are on borrowed time at that point. Yeah. No one's investing. Sell those stocks in mobile. No one's like, hey, hey, mobile, let's buy some stock. Unless because they got the fusion, then you. That's get... what they're going to have to do. Yeah. They're going to have. They will have to transition to being different types of energy providers. Yeah. But think maybe about they it. turn into distributors because once we have. I mean, our grid isn't that great now. It's not. It's, it could be. It needs to be amped up if we can do unlimited power to different areas. Yeah. Maybe that's what they focus it, on. The, the point is that all of those industries are, are going to have to change and adapt very quickly um, because they're. It's like like before, and I said if you're making you know horse whips back in 1900, and you're the best damn horse whip maker, and here comes the Model T. Well, it doesn't matter how good you are at making horse whips. Your industry is irrelevant because the cars are the new right. thing. And it's the same thing, only bigger. If we have unlimited energy, do you know how much energy the internet needs? All a, of the data centers? A significant everything. chunk. A significant chunk. And I was reading a story the other day about this guy, total subject change, but people in the future are talking about. He has a salt mine somewhere in Germany, and his business is taking information and putting it on ceramic discs okay because he's figured out that cer ceramic pottery from tens of thousands of years ago still exists he figured out that ceramics are most likely to last the longest for data storage for future whomever is to figure our shit out so wow. he is actually trying to avoid the deep information loss as he calls it because basically as we move forward every day there's so much more data that's stored on the internet and servers, blah, blah, blah. There has to come a point where it says, okay, well, we're full. And we got to get rid of some shit. So a good example mm -hmm. would be how far back can you go on your Facebook feed? I don't know. I've never really tried to scroll that far back. At yeah. some point, they're going to have to go. Cause they, Facebook has to store that data somewhere. I don't know. I think our technology can keep up with it. It's it, really just a resources it, thing about making drives. It might be. And that, yeah. and we find different ways to store data. They're talking about using DNA, human DNA to store data. Think and about it, the, it's it's a several orders of magnitude more powerful than even the most advanced silicon stuff we have right now. It's mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. So actually, you would be your own storage device, and the amount of information that your the seven hundred trillion cell, seven trillion cells your body could hold is just essentially unlimited. I mean, yeah, because each cell with the amount of DNA yeah. and that information that's insane. That's absolutely it's freaking way insane. too much. So that's that's fifty years out, I think. So where the fuck where's that? Energy. We could all have the backup of the internet. In us, we would literally. <laughs> you would be the internet, basically. Oh man, that would be crazy. So much dirty. I things. know. Seriously, I didn't even leave the house today. Why? Oh, you know, just close my eyes. So, the, the, so that brings us to the next thing we see in the next fifty years is the human machine interface kind of deal. And I guess that's, I guess, being a cyborg, if you will. Like, yeah. What does that mean? The transition the, into just being fully non-biological, uh, non-human, basically. Yeah. So I think that's a thing. Um, I think if you're alive today and you're in, in well, you're you're my age or ish, maybe slightly older, maybe 50, and you're in relatively good health, and you 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 know you don't have you're not predisposed to terrible things in your family, you take good care of yourself, you avoid accidents and car shit like that. I think that if you can live for another 30 or 40 years, that you have a realistic chance of possibly. Now I don't want to say immortality because that's that's not plausible for anything because nothing's immortal. But significant life enhancements. I'm talking 100, 200, 500, 1,000 years of being able to essentially survive indefinitely. Yeah. And there was an interesting uh, thing on uh, uh, Isaac Asimov, or not Isaac, um, uh, Science and Future with, uh, um, uh, what's this guy named Arthur? The guy that has a lisp. He was talking about if you could digitize yourself. Is it Isaac Arthur? I, no, is, I, yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. Isaac Arthur. If you could digitize yourself and create a copy of yourself, there's two of you, then you're two people, and you're not you. And from that moment on, those two people diverge into their own thing. Like, hey, if I cloned Mike, and hey, there's Mike again, and he's digital, and he's in the computer, and he makes a digital body, and he's a cyborg, and he's walking around. That Mike, for all, it's not me anymore. It's no. his own Mike. It's Mike yeah. 2. And then I can clone myself however many ways you want, and then you could back yourself up, put yourself on another planet for hard drive, and then you could have some kind of system that checks in daily. And if it doesn't receive a signal saying you're alive, it spawns another human character and like you live again. So like if you die, say if the earth just blows up and then your data has been stored off planet every day, rebacking up and doesn't get the signal, some factor somewhere says, oh, well, we're not, he must be dead. We're going to create a body for him, plug him back in and keep him going. 
So you would store. You lose your consciousness, right? You would back up daily, a daily okay. backup. All the things you see, but here that would do. be just a new instance of you. I yeah. don't. You would stop. That's the question: is where does you stop? Like, yeah. does 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 I dad mean, equal you? The lucky you who got spawned is gonna be like, I'm good, but but, but the you I'm, right I'm, now, I'm is not gone. gonna. Yeah, but that person would have the same perception as me. So it wouldn't be me, me, me. It's, I'm alpha. It's like a continue. It's just that's the weird question. Like yeah. you, nobody knows what happens. Like that's the whole, you know, cosmological, philosophical, mind, body, soul kind of deal mm-hmm. and then that gets the whole foggy area of what is reality and all that crazy other stuff so side note what is reality so you know we're talking about the simulated universe and simulation theory i yep. saw a really cool thing the other day let's take a second um about proof that we are not living in a simulation hard proof like, oh shit i'll bring up on this I'm so it involves numbers you know i love numbers and the gentleman's theory was the mere fact that irrational numbers exist pi um e Numbers that never, ever, ever end, no matter how much time happened, they never end. His argument was essentially that these numbers would be so big that no computer would have enough storage capacity to store an infinitely large Unless number the hard set. hard drives were people in their DNA. Well, okay, pick, pick anything you want. No matter how much storage you have, nothing can hold an infinite thing. It's not possible. True. Okay, so give me that, right? So I thought about that. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I started thinking about a thing, and I tore it apart. I was like, you know what? Um, the computers we have can only process so much. So, you know, we, hey, we can process out to, I don't know, a million digits of pi or to a billion, whatever. Yeah. That's the limit of our computer, which in the grand scheme of things, if we're running on a simulated computer, our computer looks like Pong, an Atari, yeah. compared to the most powerful supercomputer today. So his theory kind of went out the window because a super-duper-uper, mega-uper-duper future computer yeah. can hold a shitload of information, more than our stuff can hold. Yep. So that kind of went out the window. I was like, oh, I was kind of bummed. But anyways, because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I was reading up a lot on, uh, you know, we're talking about realities and things like that. Yeah. And, um, I spent a lot of time with the simulation theory and what is reality. And I've come to the conclusion that, honestly, I only know me. And I'm not sure if everybody else is even in this game. You might be an NPC as far as I know. And the whole world out there might just be built for me. And I don't know. No one knows, man. So, I don't know. That's, I, it's kind of off tangent here. We're not talking about that No, no. Stuff, it, but it's totally related because we're just talking future in general. And that is directly related. But, so, I was... I saw something today. A friend of mine at work sent me this thing. like, I thought about you when I saw this. And it's, it starts out um, on Earth and it's zooming out. One of those things. Yeah. Zooming out and then you see the, the orbits mm-hmm. for the solar system and then the local area. And then uh, you basically see the Milky Way mm-hmm. and then it goes out and you see more galaxies. And then you see the local group, the local group and the superclusters, all that stuff, right? And it goes really far. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back in mm-hmm. and then it goes all the way to a tree and then all the way to mm-hmm. a leaf. I saw it, that video. You did. I saw that. Yeah. I want to train myself to be aware that I am in this right now. Yeah. Everything's so localized. I've talked about this before. Everything's so localized and I hate it that you get in your routine, you think about stuff. Let's throw out the day I think about things in life and perception, but that feeling I got when I was watching it of how huge everything is. Yeah. Like if you did the math and you looked at all the Earth-like planets or the planets that can sustain mm-hmm. life, and then you let them fly by at a thousand of them per second, and you could watch all of them. You show anybody, any real human being on Earth that, and be like, you think we're the only ones? Mm-hmm. Watch that for a thousand of them yeah. per second for how many yeah. years or whatever the you want to do. The Fermi Paradox. The Fermi Paradox. Yeah. That's what I wanted you to read up on. Fermi Paradox. Mm-hmm. You should really check that out. Um, which basically is is what you just described. And it essentially says, well, there's so much space out there. Why haven't we seen other stuff? And it's just, Well, it's because we're too far apart. Too far, too sure far apart. Or the time. Or there's, there's so there's, much out there's, there. There's, there's a hundred different reasons as to why we haven't seen other aliens. And mm-hmm. we talked about this briefly the other day, but a lot of the people, a lot of the scientists are like, they ask the questions, why is it this way? Why is a second a second? Well, it's however many billion vibrations of the cesium-133 electron per second. Okay, that, that mm-hmm. equals a second. Great. But why is a second a second? Why is a second not a minute? Why does an hour take an hour, not a second? Why are the 
universal constants what they are. Like, who set that into motion? Why? Yeah. And our universe is so very precise. This It's so very, very precise that if you just put any one of these, if the strong nuclear force is just a little bit stronger, just a little bit weaker, there would be no atoms. There would yeah. be fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. And all of these things, gravity, electromagnetism, all of the nuclear forces, all of the forces that drive what we know, what we see, hear, feel, all of it, it's such a fine, finely, finely tuned beast that a lot of people say that the universe was designed specifically to have life. Now, whether or not, here's the thing, whether or not it was designed or just happened, this is the universe that supports life, and we just happen to be lucky Mm -hmm. to be in that universe that randomly existed to support life is the other argument. It doesn't involve, doesn't require divine intervention. It just simply says, if you're living in a universe that lets you live in it, then that's the universe designed for you to be in. Yeah. So it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. It's like, you wouldn't know it if you weren't, weren't in it because you wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's kind of weird. The other thing, too, like thinking about that scale, like you go to really quantum scale to massive yeah. supercluster scale. If So we're intelligent but we're not that intelligent yet you know it's all relative yeah it's all relative like what you know what are you comparing to true but i'm saying like we we can't comprehend how big everything is yeah you you can't even comprehend like everything in this room the amount of atoms Mm -hmm. and things that are going on it's just so big yeah there's so much like there is infinite little universes of atoms and everything in space most everything is empty space yeah so what if a hundred a thousand years from now we have that much perception the cyborg us the ai us to where it's not that complicated well i I think that it's possible that things and i think that's a slippery slope because you just say oh compare us to i don't know a thousand years ago wow we are so much smarter than we were a thousand how stupid were we and then in a thousand years oh well in a thousand years we're going to be super smart and we'll look back at us today, I'm like, man, you guys are stupid. Mm-hmm. But then that's the that's the scale. That's yeah. logarithmic. A thousand years from then, you can look back and say the same thing. Yeah. So I don't really think. I just, no, I just think we're not. I'm not necessarily just comparing. I just think we're not at a point where we can understand it enough. The okay. comprehension. This like is... the, to be cognizant of all that stuff at the same time. Okay. We can't do it. It so, hurts my head to even do it. Here's to what try. you're talking about. Here's this, and this brings me to the hundred years in the future part that I was thinking earlier. So you you just kind of knocked on the topic I was going to finish up with here, uh, the quantum scale and the the mega scale, the, the mm-hmm. small and the big. And right now, the, the 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 money in the theoretical physicist game is all on the the theory of everything. That's the the game changer, and we and we talked about this before. Um, but the, the team or the individual or whomever is able to unite the laws of the small to the laws of the big is, is going to give us the tools as a species to overcome the, the we don't know question. Because I do think that once we figure that out, that really all of the big questions about where we came from, where we're going, what's the point, I think those will have objectionable, qualifiable, and quantifiable answers. I think we'll be able to answer a lot of the questions that we don't think have answered that are just philosophical right now. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that once we have this figured out that we will know pretty much the deal. And I think that's game changing too, because at that point you, you kind of essentially transcend. You, you really kind of get out of the, the here and the now, and I need to drink and eat in this body. And I think yeah. we can actually become corporeal and just basically live as, as energy is consciousness at some point um and i think that's the 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 long-term possibility for consciousness because that's the one thing i think the universe has in common i think consciousness in general is what ties the entire universe together honestly i think it's a level i think it's some field in the strata you know the higgs boson field or whatever some scale you want to put it on the consciousness exists as its own thing yeah. independent of your meat suit and my meat suit and Frodo's yeah. meat suit and that we just happen to be in this thing and we got zapped with whatever part of consciousness lines up with us. Yep. And I think that we're just vessels for experiencing what the universe has to offer, period. And I think that once 
people die, that your body dies. I don't, that's, that's just temporary. I think your consciousness goes to some other place and to some other thing in some other space. There's time no, energy's not lost. Energy's not lost. And what is energy is thought. And it just, it doesn't go away. So, you know, where were you before you were you? What point did you become you? I was part of star was it, matter. Was it two cells, four cells? Dirt. Was it when you were born? Was it when you had your first memory? Like, at what point did that happen? Honestly, I think that that's, that's all determined, period. I think that once, you know, you exist, whatever state that is, or whatever, however many cells that equals to be, like once your brain is formed and it's flipped on, or when you, once you were born, or... Whatever that point is, that's that's kind of a fine line in the sand. It's actually irrelevant. That you are all, you are already you. That you're that you being a human is is not really who you are. Mm-hmm. I think that you're some form of energy, and you got tied into this body at some point for whatever reason. I don't know. It's all random, and that you experience this, as as this, and then once this body dies, your energy, your consciousness goes somewhere else. Yep. And it just continues on. And whether or not you remember that, I don't know. That's That maybe you do. Maybe the human body is incapable of remembering future lives. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but I do know we came from stars as far as the matter and stuff goes. So that's fun. But really, I think that consciousness is... is, is I think that consciousness is the universe. I, that's what I really think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, that the, the universe exists so it can be observed. And how do you observe a thing? You have to be conscious to do that. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is folly. If the entire universe is there, but there's nothing there that can observe it, then what's the fucking point of that? It's totally irrelevant. It's completely useless. And I don't think space and time and all that make useless things. I, I think that's a waste of all the laws, all the things, all the stuff. The fact that we're here and that we can't experience it means that we're supposed to be here too experience it that's yeah. it and this goes down into physics and they, and they can prove this shit they can do the double slit experiment you know the particles act as waves and the particles act as photons and it's not until they're observed that they change and we've talked about you know spooky action at distance particles that are millions of light years away you pick the spin at one the other's instantly change it's faster than light travel information all that crazy stuff yep and all that points to a digital universe which i keep falling back on because that's honestly I really do think that we're living in some type in computer simulation. And that's, and that's, I think describing like that is fairly weak because I think it's probably so much more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, it's so much more bigger, but that's so much, how we can describe it. It's comprehended right how now. How we understand it. It's the laptop. That's a computer. That's yeah. what we think. What is the brain? The brain is a computer. It computes things mm-hmm. remarkably well. The brain is a remarkably efficient computing machine. It's also f- very easily fooled yeah. just because we've got only so many inputs. And... Love transcends time. <laughs> oh my God, Murph! <laughs> you did it again. Watch Interstellar. Oh my God! Well, what time is it? Where are we at here? We're at seven oh two. Oh, that's good. Probably should so get fifty two minutes here. if you want to wrap her up. Yeah, that's cool. Did we co- we covered like quite a bit of stuff. Is there anything yeah, on the table? I wrote down want? every topic. I saw you taking gonna notes. Keep good there. show notes. To, nice for this. That's great. Because we're back, and this is an explicit episode. Because you used the swears. I did, and here's why I use the f bomb quite a bit today. Because you're passionate. Have you seen my Facebook feed today? No, I'm You have to Facebook. watch this. Oh, my God. There's a video <laughs> of a guy. He's walking into a room. He's holding a very hot pot. And he says the F-bomb five or six times. And he puts it down. And he's so pissed off at this pot. He slams his head up. And he's like, fuck. And he hits his head on a glass chandelier and breaks it. And he runs in the other room and screams, fuck. <laughs> and it's just, that's the first part. But the cool part is somebody took that and mixed in 20 different videos with him saying the F-bomb. Yeah. Either faster or slower it all together. And I watched this shit three times today. I was crying All right, I'm going to watch it. So do yourself a favor. Check out the, the video on my Facebook feed today. <laughs> you, you can't not like it. It's freaking hilarious. So I'll right. leave you with that. Dude, good stuff. Good stuff. Good talk, bro. See you later. Here you go. Bye.